It's Public Domainia 11. It's Amigos, episode 356. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about two public domain Amiga games, although one sort of skates the edge of public domain versus uh, commercially released. And sort of almost kind of unreleased. It's in that, because it depends on where you go, but we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Aaron, speaking of unreleased games, this is not directly Amiga related, but I thought you might want to talk about it since we don't really have another format in which we can talk to each other. <laughs> Marble Madness 2 has finally been dumped. After years and years of hoarding and speculation, yeah. Aaron, have you had a chance to try it out? I have not. I have not tried it out. Now, I have watched it played uh, quite extensively. Uh, you know, I used to own uh, the same system board that Marble Madness 1 came on, which I believe was a system, I want to say System 7 or System 2. It was an Atari's, one of Atari's attempts at having an arcade machine that had, you could put multiple boards in as opposed to swapping out the whole machine. The one mm-hmm. I had had Road Blaster. Actually, I've owned Road Blaster like two or three different times for some reason. And I always wanted a Marble Madness board for it. Uh, when you bought the board, you got a uh, marquee, you got a uh, new tr- uh, control panel, and you got the board to go in to plug into the main board. And Marble Madness was the king dong of that system. And Road Blasters was a distant second, and then everything else was, you know, you had a bunch of other goofy stuff on a Road Runner and some other, and Indiana Jones. Uh, but the, uh, and so, because everyone loved Marble Madness. I love Marble Madness. I know you love Marble Madness. It's yeah. one of the first games we looked at uh, uh, way back uh, in the day. And so this uh, Marble Madness 2, the fact that it hasn't been dumped uh, forever, I mean, this dates way, way back. I remember hearing about it. Uh, there's, the, there's a guy that owned it. I believe he used to uh, bring it to California Extreme, you know, back in the heyday of that show. Uh, but uh, they, he, they weren't dumping, man. And the thing is, without the guy, you, you know, you're boned. And there are very few of these uh, around. And there are also two different prototypes. There's a prototype. Uh, the, there's a prototype difference. I believe it's in the controller. I believe one is like, I'm going trackball and one's joystick or something real strange. And, and some I think other, you're right about that. Some other yeah. minor changes. And I believe the one that got dumped is it the joystick one that got dumped? But I'm not 100 percent sure. I haven't tried it yet. Of course, now you could, you know, once you get in the main, I guess you can sort of fig- configure it how you want. And maybe it'll work. It looks good. It looks, uh, it looks like a continuation of the old one with some additional sort of comic effects. The ball gets up and you know has feet occasionally, and the bad guys had to do some wacky stuff. But I mean, it looks like they didn't reinvent the wheel uh, too much. Would on you it. be against? Would you be against uh, some a sort of a personification or an anthropomorphization of the uh, the Marble Madness marble into a you know living, breathing humanoid? Well, I would prefer no. I would rather it not do that because I mean you like a mute marble. It's a lot like Pac-Man. Like Pac-Man to me always looked goofy when they tried to make it more human. I never like in Pac-Land you didn't right, like that. Right. Well, I mean, well that I will say the animation they did a better job. Like if you look at the Pac-Man like ca- the cabinet art and stuff when they do that, it's just weird looking. I never. Mm-hmm. It's weird, bizarre. I never liked the, it. Yeah, uh, the the Atari eight bit version of Pac Man. The box art on that is especially disturbing. Yeah, yeah. He's got these gangly arms and legs. Yeah, and, and I mean, and the thing is, they're not in the game. 
You know, so man, what are you doing? Uh, and then you've got, I mean, now if you've got something like, remember Spot from Seven yeah. Up, that game? It's funny like, you mention that because that's going to come up a little bit later in the show. Oh, really? Well, th- that guy, he's, he was a dot with Arnold, but it was okay with him because that's the way you always saw that guy. He didn't right. just show up as a dot. And then suddenly later, they were after they talked to him for a while, all of a sudden he grew arms and legs. You, it, you can't get accustomed to it. So I'm not real keen on that in Marble Madness 2. But I am happy that they dumped it finally. You know, it's funny. What if Marble Madness had a, a smaller sidekick that was real scrappy and sarcastic? That would be would horrible. That? What would he be? Like a, a, a ball bearing or something? Or Marble? Yeah, that's a it. He fell marble? out of a roller skate. Well, that would mm-hmm. suck. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to trying it. It happened right around when I started getting ill. So I haven't got to uh, sit down and, and uh, fire it up. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get that and stick it on something and, and we'll show it off a boat fest. That might be kind of fun. But I guess yeah, the man. cat's out of the bag. I always wonder why the guy never... Well, I think I know why he never dumped it. Because undumped, that was worth... His stuff was worth a lot of money. A lot of money. And I mm-hmm. always assumed that's why they didn't dump it. But it was always... I always thought that was kind of selfish, too, if I'm honest. And, and I, well, I, it's, I haven't you know, heard it's, who it's, dumped it's a, it. It's a real tricky question because when you've got something like that presumably you paid for something like that and you're trying to protect the value of your investment when you've got something that's one of a kind you wouldn't want to necessarily do something that would lower the value of it however it's not as if marble madness 2 in a cabinet is now worthless because the rom has been dumped i I mean mean, what would you do if you owned it would you have dumped it or would you have held on to it it, if it was me i would have dumped it for sure and i would have made sure that on the dump screen, it would be like, dumped by boat of car. He's the man. Praise I, him. Let me tell you something. This game has been was so sought after. I, I swear to you. I remember on an on IRC or something one time, these guys were talking about the possibility of, of a break-in or like a, some sort of a Mission Impossible dip bit where they'd go in there and <laughs> dump it real quick and put it back. I mean, it was all right, this ludicrous right. talk uh, that presumably never happened. But, I mean, people have been wanting to get hold of this for a long time. So it, it is... It is kind of neat. It would be really neat if someone would take uh, Marble Madness 2 and sort of make a version for the Amiga. That'd be kind of fun. Added bonus, but I'm, I'm not. You never know. Brain. Yeah, you stuff never know. like that. You know, with, with the uh, with the game jams and things like that. Yeah, maybe that'll be the next project. There's the so. Clarion call, but right there. That's right. That's right. It's time for another Clarion call, Aaron. Why don't you fire up the old uh, gamble train? The gamble train is coming down the pike, boat. Amiga news. All right, Aaron, our first story this week is a video from our buddy Ravi. Ravi Abbott We're has gonna put take together a- an Amiga computer buyer's guide. Okay. These are these are handy things to have, and this is of course updated. This came out June twelfth, so it's less than a week old. Uh what he does is uh, he basically runs down all of the options that you have in terms of, you know, if you want to go with the Mini, if you want to go with a refurbished classic Amiga, uh, if you want to go the Raspberry Pi route, or, you know, something like a a dedicated Amiga FPGA, not a mister, but something that was, you know, that's dedicated only to the Amiga. There's, you know, probably a dozen or so of these, uh, these solutions. It boggles the mind when you think about all the different ways that you can get into the Amiga scene. And uh, I think that this is, this is probably the best video that's ever been, the most comprehensive guide to, you know, all the different ways you can experience the Amiga at home. So have you had a chance to check this out, Aaron? I, I did watch this uh, boat. 
And by the way, shout out to Ravi. I watched the DJ set he did live today from work, and it was great, as always. So if you ever get a chance, and Robbie said he's going to be a busy man this summer. He's going to be all over the place. He's doing uh, sets in L.A. and all over the place. Oh, man. So, uh, Robbie on tour. Uh, but all that said, yeah, I watched this. Uh, he does go through a lot of different uh, uh, ideas. You know, uh, you know, in today's world, you're right, there are plenty of different ways to play the machine. <coughs> Excuse me. And in, in my opinion, uh, having watched the video and went through a lot of these things, uh, there, if you are just wanting to play the games with no baloney, right, no baloney, yeah, I, I, a lot of people don't like it, but it's true. I mean, Amiga Forever is still a very, which he covers, is a comprehensive package that plays most of the games quite nicely. Uh, and that's one that I would recommend, unless you're really going to get hardcore about it, because a lot of the one of the things that a lot of these ideas have in common is they've gotten it more and more expensive as this year has rolled on. And so a software solution right now, right now, in summer of 2022, it's probably the way to go until some of these prices come back down from orbit. So if you could tide yourself over by just using emulation, uh, I think Amiga Forever is way, is the way to go. But he does a great job covering these. I real, I did enjoy this quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you check that out. And again, uh, if you're listening to the audio version of this, all of the links on our news segment from every week, you can head over to Reddit slash, or it's r slash Amiga News on Reddit. Uh, and uh, all of our entire uh, news archive is here. Aaron, this next story uh, comes to us from our buddy Neil over at Indie Retro News. And this is a new upcoming sci-fi racer for the Amiga. It's called Hype Runner. Uh, this looks very, very good, especially if you, are, if you are a fan of games like F-Zero, um, the, where it's a, you know, a 2D racer where you're sort of on a hovercraft. Um, this thing runs incredibly, incredibly quickly. Uh, it says, Neil reports that uh, details are very sparse about what kind of Amiga specs are required. Uh, but uh, he says that the game is probably going to be AGA. Uh, and oh, oh. it looks like uh, it was fi- it's about 50% complete. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to be uh, keeping an eye on this one. This has kind of got all the elements that I really like in terms of that Outrun-esque uh, choosing your own path and that, you know, the multiple legs of the race. Uh, the, the backgrounds look really pretty. and But the most important thing, of course, is the frame rate and the sense of speed. And this game certainly seems to deliver in that regard, wouldn't you say? Listen, this is the first time I've seen this one, uh, Boat. And, uh, man, I can't, it looks great. It looks like uh, uh, it's got a little splash of... Uh, of uh, road blasts we were talking about with a little outrun in there and yeah you're right there's a little, I can see a little F zero I mean that is a, a, a some smooth action right there it looks good if they could put a game together out of what they've got here uh, that would be sweet and and this would be the kind of game that man people really love these sorts of games and the Amiga really only has a couple games that fit the bill of this sort of uh, high speed angle the back angle and stuff. It'd be nice to see something like this come out. So, yeah, I'm all for it, man. Yeah, yeah. And this is brought to us by a team called Raster Wizards, which is a cool name. They're living up to it so far. Very good. That's right. That's right. All right, Aaron. Our next story is uh, this is a project called um, Lords of Time. Uh, I believe that this was a game that was thought to have been lost to time, but has been recovered um, and uh, and this is, uh, I guess, uh, Galahad via EAB has reported that the Scoopex folks, who are famous, of course, in the demo scene, 
They've made available a new and unreleased Amiga follow-up to the Lords of Time called Reamel Black Prophecy. Uh, this is a three-disc Amiga game, and uh, it looks to be, it's it's sort of like, um, it, it's a combination dungeon crawler with sort of uh, top-down Ultima 7 like uh, like overworld scenes, it looks very impressive in terms of you know the the first person scenes move pretty smoothly, and I haven't oh, really yeah, seen a lot nice. of Amiga games that have this this top down isometric viewpoint where the fidelity is super super high. You know, a good comparison might be a game like Lord of the Rings or something like that. But uh, this this certainly looks very interesting. I think I would uh, looks... stayed in that upper that upper style you were talking about. Right. I think that looks great. I mean, of course, this is. It does also have the stuff that you love, the uh, tile by tile move move forward button dungeon gimmick. But the uh, the above world thing does uh, differentiate it. It might be interesting, boat. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, if there's a link over here off Neil's site on the uh, games that weren't site that gives you a whole rundown of how this game was recovered, and uh, and uh, this was originally supposed to have been released in 1994. Uh, and so it's definitely worth checking out just to see the the story behind the game and how it was recovered. So three, three big props to all those guys. Yeah. And yeah. Th- while we're at it, big props to uh, Neil over at Indie Retro News who takes care of us uh, on, uh, anytime we need to know what's coming out game wise. So thank you very much, everyone. I'm sure everyone knows about Indie Retro News, but if you don't, for the love of God, go check it out. It's great. Yes. Yes. And finally, Aaron, our last news story of the day is AmiTube. AmiTube is a YouTube client for all Amiga systems. <laughs> no okay. Kidding. Okay. Now you might be wondering, how does this happen? How I, does this happen? I am wondering well, that actually. What happens is, I guess you you have your Amiga hooked up to some sort of you know networking device. Uh-huh. Uh, the videos are downloaded and then converted into uh, Commodore's uh, yes. video format CDXL. I actually saw okay. a little snippet about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, and yeah, that was the kind of the that's the elephant in the room. You've got to download the videos from YouTube, and then you convert them. And then you can and then you can watch them. So right, I mean, still right. that's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. the 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 new update has added what they call fancy list, Aaron. This is a new list Damn. function where the video's title, description, and thumbnail are displayed directly in the list. So uh, you can uh, you can browse the YouTube archive more effectively. That's the way you, you know, like to boat fancy style. That, that's right. That's right. Uh, you know, there's a there's a link to a video here, and um, they spend a lot of time talking about how the fancy list works. Uh, is this is this really going to be how you're going to want to watch YouTube? Probably not. But you know, it's a cool trick. That your Amiga can do, and uh, it's just another for people that like to tinker and people like to push the limits. I can see how this is. This is just sort of a, a neat little project that you can fire up and maybe play some YouTube videos off this uh, in the background. Um, you know, I, I assume that for anything audio-wise, you know, the the compression probably doesn't affect the audio that much. So if you've got a favorite, you know, one of those lo-fi music playlists or whatever, you can fire up one of those and have it play while you're working on other things. It's a neat thing. Do you think you'll ever run YouTube on your Amiga, Aaron? Not just no, but hell no, but. <laughs> You know, I used to have one of those Sansa MP3 players that had a little wheel you spun to go through the songs, and it had uh-huh. a little screen, a little screen, like a postage stamp size screen. And I distinctly remember converting 
videos over to watch on this tiny little screen, and and it, which was stupid. It took forever to convert them. All right, sometimes they didn't work, but by God, I would do it. Wrestling or or TV shows. So I'm not gonna mock and honest. I'm not gonna mock you by doing this because I've done things far dumber than this that were far less effective that made much less sense. So if you're gonna do this for your Amiga, get you some YouTube videos. And, and kudos to the fellow that put this out because. Uh, hey, you're in there. You're in there fighting the good fight, brother. That's right. That's right. Speaking of fighting the good fight, Aaron, it's time to talk about our buddy Frank over at Retro Rewind. I heard him. He's fighting the good fight like nobody's business. Mm. I tell you what, guys. If you're listening to this show, you probably have one of the following computers: Commodore Amiga, Check. Commodore 64, Check. Commodore 128, mm. Commodore 16, mm. Andy Color Computer. If one of those computers is in your arsenal, you need to go over to Retro Rewind and find out what Frank can do for you. <laughs> Anything from diagnostic carts, new EPROMs, new ROM sets, software, diagnostic harnesses, he's got it all for all of these systems. Everything from an accelerator for your Amiga 600 to an AV adapter for your Commodore 64. He's got all kinds of compact flash and SD card adapters for you know flash solutions for your systems. The Kung Fu flash cart for the C64. But that's not all. He offers a full suite of repair uh, repair abilities. You can send him your system and he will fix it up, make it good as new, and send it back to you. If you like to tinker with stuff, he's got all the parts too. Whatever you need, you just send him an email. He will hook you up. Cap kits, uh, other diagnostic and hardware equipment, their SIM sockets, uh, whatever you need. Like I said, Frank can do it for you, and he'll do you right, and he'll do you for the right price. That's Absolutely. right, folks. Uh, you can go over there, load up your cart with goodies, and then when you check out, make sure you use the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout, and you can save yourself 10% off the already incredibly, incredibly low prices found over at Retro Rewind. And of course, if you are coming to Boat Fest this coming week, uh, Frank and his boys will all be here. His boys being Jason Warns and possibly others. Those are his uh, boys? Yeah, Is that's Elfrater's right. Is boy also his boy? He's sort of a boy in training, I think. That's, a, that's um, an old boy. <laughs> Oh, it's an old boys club. That's oh, what they call Retro Rewind. So um, they will be in person. You can bring them your hardware, and they will diagnose it, and they maybe you'll be even be able to fix it there on the spot. They're going to have a table set up. They're going to be doing repairs in person all weekend long. Uh, we do appreciate Retro Rewind for being a sponsor of Amigos, and we hope that you will find them a useful partner in your retro journey. You know, before we move on, Boat, since you brought it up, should we go ahead and the one last time go, talk about Boat Fest a little bit before the deal goes down? One last time. One last time. You know, Aaron, we've been talking about Boat Fest for, you know, going on half a year now, more than half a year. It's hard to believe that one week from today, we will be inside the Holiday Inn Express uh, Conference Center in lovely Hurricane, West Virginia, mm. surrounded by... Thousands of our greatest uh, of our greatest compatriots. Wait. Thousands may be stretching it. Dozens. There will be tons of people. Tons of people. Dozens of people will be uh, playing computer games, playing the virtual pinball machine, talking, having a good time, reveling, and uh, 
hopefully watching us because around this time we'll be recording uh, Amigos Live for the BoatFest studio audience. Aaron, what are you most looking forward to about BoatFest? You know, this is a cornball response, but I'm not going to lie. I have talked to so many people over the years and not actually met them. So that will be fun for me. Uh, I am, I, you know, I'm trepidatious. I'm nervous because I've never, like, I've never done anything live. Like, you did that stuff in Ireland, so it'll be weird to do shows live. But I'm, 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 I'm excited about it. I'm excited to uh, see Flack come down. That'll be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of, uh, of real good buddies there. And that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to playing just a lot of games. Having all the systems spread out, seeing what people bring, uh, it just should be a, a real good time. And uh, it's you know it seems like we've talked about it forever, so it's it'll be fun for it to finally come up. And I hope everything goes well, and uh, uh, we have a great time. I suspect we will, Boat. Absolutely, absolutely. So one more time, if you are interested in coming to Boat Fest, there are still a limited amount of tickets available. You can go over to BoatFest.info to see the full schedule and to get your own tickets. We hope to see you. One week from today, over at the Holiday Inn Express. Mm, very good, very good. Shall we get into the games, Boat? Let's get into the games this week, Let's man. start off with a game, a sweet little game that I like to call the T-Racer, Boat, or Tracer, if you will. What do you call yeah. it? Yeah, I call it the T-Racer. T-Racer! I like that. T-Racer! Now, I got a question for you, uh, Boat. Uh, I loaded this up and played it, and I don't know what is. why is it called T-Racer, Boat? Unknown. Unknown. Okay. I could not find any information about why they decided to call this game T-Racer because it is not a racing game. No, it's not. It's a straight-up uh, horizontal shooter. It's a shooter mm-hmm. shooter for days. So T-Racer uh, released uh, for the Amiga in 1994, a boat published and developed by an outfit called Virtual Dreams. This is all they ever did, uh, according to uh, all of our usual haunts. Uh, designed, coded, and worked on by a fellow named Alberto Longo. He worked mm. on another game called Breathless that came out in 96, which I've never heard of or played. Uh, Breathless is supposedly the very first 3D first-person shooter. Really? All Amiga fans think this is true, whether it actually is or not. Yeah, listen, I'm not gonna. I'm just telling you what people write on Lemon. Uh, and the uh, music for this, I want to. I want to make sure I mention this uh, fellow. And I'm going to try to pronounce this boat. Here we go. Uh, Pierpaleo de Mayo. Mayo! Uh, because I thought the music of this was pretty rocking, if I may say. Uh, in fact, I thought it was darn good. Uh, so, what is T-Racer? Well, as Boat mentioned, T-Racer is a game where you don't race, but you have a ship, and you fly uh, missions basically, which means get through levels. You basically go through levels shooting. It's a game that, like we've seen a million times, you've got a ship, there's a lot of aliens, you're fighting uh, in front of a background, uh, and bad guys come in, you shoot them, uh, you're going from the left to the right. Uh, You've got control over your ship to pretty much go anywhere you want on the screen, uh, and you can't. Your ship comes equipped with a shield, it comes equipped with a stealth device, uh, if you will, and it also has the ability to be augmented, uh, allegedly, with the, with these awesome weapons. Uh, Boat, uh, your initial thoughts when this came up, because, I mean, it comes up, like, uh, uh, pretty nicely, I thought. You know, when you, when you start playing this game, your first thought is, boy, this is a public domain game? Because this is pretty good. It's pretty good. 
uh, you've got a, this is an ECS-OCS game, and the colors are just out of this world. I mean, it's another nail in the coffin for poor old AGA, the chipset that couldn't. Uh, You know, this is a a beautiful, beautiful game with lots of gradients in the background. You've got multiple levels of parallax scrolling. You've got a really neat 3D effect with the clouds. I don't know if I've ever really seen anything like this before. It's almost like the sky is kind of whirling above your head. Um, It's (laughs) demo-y. It it, is. It's It's very demo It reminds me of stuff I actually saw on the PC. And some of the scrolling on this is very Lionhearty, which is a good thing. Uh, Yeah. They do a great job with the backgrounds and the sky and stuff. That part, the music, check. The backgrounds, check. The colors, check. All that stuff, good to go. Yeah. Um, what you discover in this game that's that's somewhat different than a lot of horizontal shooters is that there are no enemies that only take one bullet to kill. Uh, all of the enemies take multiple bullets to kill. And um, and that sort of, that, that was the first sort of clue to me that things were not going to go as well as I thought with, with old T-Racer. Um, this game gives your classic, we're going to throw not one, not two, but several dozen of the same kind of enemy at you at one time. Um, you know, this is a, uh, this is, I, it kind of reminds me of um, like agony is, is sort of the, the same sort of deal where the, the, the enemy patterns are just sort of these geometric patterns. They don't really seek you out all the time. They just kind of go about their business as you, as you go along. Um, the weapon uh, upgrades in this game are, in like, like in most uh, you know, Euro-style shooters, they are essential. If you miss an upgrade, it's bad times. And I'll tell you, one of the things about T-Racer that is really unfortunate is that the power-ups are always found in the same enemy in the same place every single time, which is good. If you are memori- if you've memorized the levels and you know exactly where it is and all that stuff, but if you miss that one power up, you can't pick up another one in the stage later on. Um, there, it's not like uh, you know other shooters where power ups just kind of happen all the time, and some of them you get and some of them you don't get. Uh, so th- that's unfortunate. But my overall first impressions of the game were were fairly positive. You know, in terms of the the gameplay, the graphics. For a public domain game, this could have been a, uh, a commercially released game, in my opinion. I'm going to, you know, my first impressions were very positive as well. Of course, like I said, the, the parallax always gets me. And this was done by someone who had some jack, all right? Uh, this is 94, so a lot of the uh, the juicy nug- programming nuggets had been uh, expunged from the Amiga at that point. So you're going to see some more advanced stuff. This game... Had everything going for it, but uh, uh, in terms of the visuals, the sound, the music, I liked everything about it. The control was fine, but like so many games uh, of this type, uh, this is like what happens if you put together one of these sorts of games without really knowing what you're doing. If I, I'm not, the, I'm not going to bury uh, Alberto Longo or the people at Virtual Dreams, but. This game is this game hates you and everyone you've ever loved. When you go to the option screen, you can pick between uh, easy, medium, and hard. You can change how many guys you've got, 
which I did. I put my and maximum you can have seven. I put it on easy. So on E and boy boat, how many times have we talked about this? On easy with seven men, I feel like I should be able to make some progress. Okay? You should be able to get off the first level. Which and I, and I eventually did. Okay, don't get me wrong. But when you have no men left, and it took everything you had, and also what getting off the level wasn't fun, which I'll get to. But the game is too hard. Now, what makes this game too hard? Well, Boat sort of nailed it. Uh, this game has a what I would say is a robust augmentation for your ship. The problem is getting these augmentations is nigh impossible. I had all kinds of trouble getting extra goodies for the ship, you know. And, and so, and when you don't have them, you can still keep going. You just you just get crushed, and it's it's not fun. Now, to the game's credit, it gives you shields, unlike a lot of games where it's just a one-hit, one-kill, which that mm -hmm. would have made this game unplayable. So they yeah. had enough common sense to do that. They gave you the stealth mode, which the stealth mode effectively is sort of like temporary vulnerability uh, mm -hmm. when you hit the button, and it just runs out. You hit, the, uh, you hit the button, turn it on, hit the button, turn it off. All right? So it helps. Okay, once I learned how to use stealth mode, I used it liberally against the, the quote-unquote bosses that I encountered. But the game's run-of-the-mill, like, geek, like, attackers, like, the, the patterns they fly are cheap. They'll come at you from the bottom to the top. You can't see them coming. They'll come from behind occasionally. Sometimes when you're fighting these guys, they'll be cruising along, and they'll just suddenly accelerate right into you. So you, you take a lot of, like, hits to your ship that are just, they feel real cheesy to me, you know. Uh, this game uh, has end-level bosses, multiple bosses, depending on what, you know, what level you're on. <clears throat> and the, But the bosses are frustratingly tough. They're not necessarily that hard to hit, but it takes like 4 million hits, and if you don't have an augmented gun, it takes 10 million hits to kill them. And it's real frustrating, and it's not fun. Uh, and, yeah. you, and when you die on them, you affect because you have to get past them. It's not yeah. like Alcon. And you have to get past every the, boss. The, the problem is, too, that I that the, the thing that makes the bosses so frustrating is that you get to the boss, and you're wearing them down, you're wearing them down, you're wearing them down, and you, you, the, the boss makes a run for you. It essentially yes. launches a kamikaze attack, kills you and the boss, you die, but the boss comes back, and you've got to do it all over again. Yeah, the, and and, the, and these bosses—that's their mo. Like they—they'll right. shoot. They shoot all the time, but also they just run into you. There's another. I mean, I only got to the second level of this game, and I didn't do it often. And I use save states eventually. This is one I could tell right away from reading some comments. I'm like, okay, this one I've got to have save states on. So I went over to my. Uh, I went over to uh, to Amiga Forever and played this one. And you have to use the save states on this because, I mean, I did. Now, better players than me might have better luck. I did not have very much luck with this one. And I, and the thing is, but I wanted to like, there's a lot to like in this. Even the generic enemies in this, are they're not, to, they're not like super generic, like in like Menace or something. They mm -hmm. made an attempt to make these guys. They're not great. Don't get me wrong, but they're like. But they're I, not the worst. They're the they're second. The they're second from last. Let's just put it that way. They're they're a, they made an effort, and of course we didn't see everything the games got to offer because uh, we didn't get that far into the game, and I couldn't find any way to cheat on this. I don't know if you did. Uh, this I'll game, tell you there the the one thing that we need to spend some time to talk about is the are the bonus stages in this game. Yes. You know about the bonus stages yes, in I this do. game? They're very okay. They're very so, unusual. 
that now I never got to the bonus stages, okay? But no, when I, I was watching watch the playthrough, now. when I was watching the playthrough, at first I thought I was watching a different video. Yeah. I thought the, <laughs> that something had happened. I'd hit a button because what happens is uh, the screen goes blank. It fades out. When it fades back in, you see what looks like a knockoff Game Gear on the screen. Okay, yeah, it looks just and like and you a game play gear. this. You play this bonus stage in the screen of a screen of a Game Gear. Okay. Uh, and the and it's it's your basic sort of trench run like affair. You've got uh, you've got wireframe graphics, and you're piloting a craft in the first person, uh, and you're basically trying to avoid uh, the walls, uh, which are which are transparent. By the way, you just kind of have to know which which part is the wall and which is not. Uh, it's a very I mean this could have been kind of a fun game to play on its own. It doesn't. I'm not look sure. Fun, Watching well, the guy I mean, play it, it looks horrible. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure why they decided to put this as a bonus level in the game. Uh, it's so much different. Uh, when you get a, uh, when you get a, when you finish the, 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 the stage, uh, when you die, your score is based on how many walls that you've, you know, passed. Uh, and, uh, you know, all the, there's something called bonus walls, or I'm, I'm not sure how that works. Uh, but anyway, it's something, I mean, if you, if you're playing a bonus game, the way my favorite bonus games are the kind where you're playing like a challenging stage in a Galaga where you're still shooting stuff, but you can't die and you've got, you know, fun patterns from the enemies. And then at the end of it, you get a bonus. Like that's my idea of a, of a shooter bonus stage that works. This is just like another level of frustration that's different than the frustration you're already facing. It's not, it's definitely not a breather like a bonus stage in my mind should be. I'm going to give them a little credit on their cleverness on this boat now i also never got to that level by the way and i was surprised yeah, to see it come up so i don't I, and i'm watching the demos i watched including we're watching zudaz who is a stud and like there that zudaz was wrecking himself left and right on that bonus level so it didn't look like it was very easy clearly they 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 could generate that little tiny screen and so they thought they'd get clever with the game gear and I, I will say that I found that amusing. It only that's the kind of thing you'd only see on like a, a PD game or something where they put try something like that. But I think it's cute. And I will say they even thought ahead. And in the uh, one of the options you can pick is how you want the controls on the bonus game to be. Whether you want them to you know you know yoke style controls where you want to go up for up or up for down. Uh, so that you do have that option. But I don't. Although the way that thing was going and the size of the screen, I don't think it would. <laughs> matter a whole lot you know yeah but this is you know what <clears throat> listen this you're right this looks like a lot of commercial games we've tried and it seems like there's a whole bunch of content here i mean if you go through to watch this thing there's a ton of different screens there's tons the of levels background. are all the, the levels are different i yeah. mean there's you, you, different, they, bad, some it, different bad guys mm -hmm. uh, but it's just this is a we've seen it so many times we it, it, here we are let's repeat ourselves no one can play these levels if there's no physical way they can get there. And that and th this game is hamstrung. They hamstrung the game themselves. I would love to have seen uh, a uh, uh, like an Alcon style upgrade system or something that was and with more upgrades. I mean, you've got to give more upgrades out, and you've got to make them more obvious. I mean, it, like at the end of a level, would say I missed two or three upgrades, and I'd have no idea what I was talking about. I looked mm -hmm. for every upgrade. I was like, where, where did I miss these at? I kept looking. I'm like, my God, I, how I missed four? Where? Mm -hmm. Because it's not. They're not what you would normally encounter to upgrade a ship. They're just not. And there, there's no reason why they're not. 
They should be. You yeah. want the upgrades to be plainly obvious because otherwise the people playing the game are going to be like, wow, I couldn't upgrade my ship. I'm getting murdered. This sucks. Is it right. just me, Boat? It's not just you. It's not just you. Put, you, you know, again... We, we, we go back to first principles of game design, and it's it's like, it, you know, how you want your game to be challenging, but you don't want it to be, you know, punishingly frustrating. And uh, this is a game that uh, I'm, you know, there's definitely people we're watching, you know, a uh, we're watching people play it now, and they're, they're doing pretty well. But uh, it's a game that, to me, it's another example of a Euro shooter that's just too hard. If if someone can, can provide a nice ch- crack that lets you have all the weapons all the time, or something, this is probably be a lot of fun, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, because I mean, like I said, clearly these guys were skilled. It's a shame yeah. this is all they did because I mean, this is I mean, uh, for the most part, because they well, they did Breathless, the right. first well, first of, person shooter the guys, for the Amiga. Some of the guys did, but not all of them. But um, my point is, the, this right here could have been. Uh, something that everyone talks about, and it's not, and there's a reason for it. Because I'd never, I'm assuming you'd never heard of it until this week. I know I hadn't. I no. may have played this on stream like one time, but I mean, it's just, it, at the end of the day, it's just, for me. It would be interesting to know, too, you know, these guys are Italian. Uh, if this is the first Italian game we've ever covered on the Amigos, because you don't really hear a lot of stuff coming out on the Amiga, you know, from Italian developers. It's absolutely not because uh, that ga- that fighting game I like, the Spirits one. That's that was from Fighting that Spirits. Was, that, that's yeah. Italian too. Yeah, and okay, also, cool. uh, I think um, um, there was another one that was Italian. Maybe, did an Italian team do Panza? Maybe I'm not sure. I know Laura sells uh, published it, but I seemed like it was maybe done from an Italian squad. So yeah, they've done a few things. But this this is good. I mean, and so far mm-hmm. everything I've seen from listen, uh, fighting spirits and this. If the Italians have this kind of jack, we needed more stuff from the Italians. I'll tell you that. Absolutely, right now. absolutely. Uh, so I looked up some scores on this. Now this puts it in perspective too. This is the kind of game from face value you'd look at it and think to yourself, man, this thing probably reviewed real well, right? Uh, there's only one review, which is the lemon review, but the lemon people give it a six point two nine. Not an unfair score. You know, because it, uh, uh, of the way it played. Did, did we get any Discord action on this? Yeah, we did. We got one Discord review, I'm pretty sure, uh, as I'm spinning that up here. Um, looks like it came from Pajaco. And Pajaco6502 writes, At first glance, I couldn't believe I was looking at a PD game. I'm going to take a break here, Aaron. You didn't see anything about why this was a PD game and not a commercially released product, did I did you? not. I did not. Okay. Uh, he says, it seems pretty polished and playable, with the player movement and scrolling running buttery smooth. Sadly, though, it seems like the developers put m- more time into the tech than the gameplay. And whilst the graphics are top-notch for a PD game, it's lacking that special something to make it a true classic. The action heats up fast, and some enemies seem to take too many hits to die. Power-ups are too far and few between, and whilst the game informed me I'd miss some, I had no idea where they were. Graphics and sound are nice. Music and effects would have added some coolness to this one, but it seems par for the course for Amiga games. For a PD game that is essentially free, this is pretty good, but it ain't no Project X. Certainly worth checking out, but not a keeper for me. Six out of ten. There you go. There you go. I, I, I think that's which falls in line with Lemon. So there yeah. you go. This one, listen, if you and I've just stumbled across some cheats uh, as I was looking through some stuff here. If you. If you want to try this game and cheat, I think there's fun to be had. 
Uh, so this is one that, yeah, we didn't give it a glowing review or anything, but the, I would give this one a whirl, especially if you're a if you're a fan of the genre, uh, and you may be able to find some joy in this one, Bode. Uh, mm-hmm. Shall we move on to game number two? Yes, please. So, Bode, I'm going to let you talk on this one. This was Infection, Bode. Yeah, so Infection is a uh, it's an interesting game. I would call this... Well, before we get into uh, what it is, let's talk about who made it. So this was written by two guys, Dave Krubach and Craig Galley of an outfit called Wise Owl Software. You ever heard of Wise Owl Software, Aaron? Cool name. No, I've not heard yeah. of them, but... Uh This came out in uh, 1988 uh, for the Amiga, the Commodore. Well, I'm sorry, it didn't, it didn't actually come out. Uh, so this was this was a game that was developed for the Amiga, the C64, I believe the Atari ST, uh, in uh, 1988. Um, and uh, it was sent out to be reviewed, but it was never released. Uh, so uh, this game sort of languished in obscurity for many a year. Uh, now, uh, about you know seven years down the line, in 1995, Amiga Power released this game as a cover disc game, uh, and uh, there was an outfit called Digital Wizardry that kind of they they kept the same uh, core gameplay, but they they made some tweaks to it to make it a, a little bit better. Uh, the original version of this game was rediscovered and released in the year t- in the year two thousand. Yeah. So um, this is a uh, relatively newly released game, uh, although you know the year two thousand is not as near as we sometimes think it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, but the version that most people played, I have a feeling, is the Amiga Power version. Okay. So let's talk about what Infection is. Let's okay. talk about the first, the first version first, then we'll move on to the second version because I think that's the that's the way I've discovered them as well. Okay, so in this game, uh, it's very similar to a game that was bundled with lots of uh, Windows uh, 3.1 era PCs back in the day called Othello. Okay, and in Othello, you have blue and red squares, and when you click on a square. Uh, when you click on a square next to one of your red squares, your uh, a red square will or a red circle will appear, and it will make any additional any adjacent blue circles also turn red. The idea behind uh, infection is the same. You're basically trying to take over the board by making all of these circles uh, your color, whether you're playing red or blue or purple or green. Um, Infection, as kind of sent out for review, the sort of unfinished version of Infection uh, was only a two-player affair. You could either play red or you could play blue. What you did was each player started out with two circles at opposite ends of the, or yeah, two circles at opposite ends of the board. And uh, every turn, you can either uh, make, you can grow another circle or you can jump your circle uh, one space or multiple spaces uh, to sort of um, to take over what other uh, blue circles might be there. So this is a very sort of difficult game to conceptualize as I'm sitting here trying to describe just, it. That's why I pitched it right to you, Bode. <laughs> but if you just think about if you just think about a grid full of circles and you're trying to turn all of the circles your color, 
that's what a, that's what infection is. Yeah. Okay. So, Aaron, what were your first impressions of not just the gameplay, but just sort of the user experience of Infection, this well, first version? You could tell when you booted it up that it was uh, it was not it was not uh, sharp, polished. Mm -hmm. I guess uh, you know you had some options in terms of you could set the board up to uh, turn timers off and stuff. Not, but, but and it's funny. I, I've never I've never known how to play Othello. I'm not gonna lie to you. And so I don't. It's a, well, it, it, I I always fired it up, and I'd be like, "Boy, this is lame," and then I turned it off immediately because I, I just. Well, like, it, I don't know. Is this exactly like Othello, or is it no? Othello? It's okay. not exactly like because I don't think Othello includes like a jumping mechanic okay. where you can jump your uh, jump your and the, you know the the idea is is that you can jump your piece, yeah. but you don't grow another one if you jump it. If you grow, if you if you if you click on a circle adjacent to yours, you'll keep the original circle and grow a new one. Versus, if you jump your circle, then you your your guy leaves that place and and goes to a new place. This is you know I have to say, uh, when this when this came up, I'm like oh god, some kind of puzzle game. But I actually and I and I'd say also I didn't play the the the, the more advanced version. This is only I did watch some video of it. I didn't get to play it. And I will say that that of course they're both practically the same with a few extra bonuses. But this actually was kind of kind of fun in a weird way. Uh, it's got this sort of like I played it without having any idea what I was doing, no idea. Okay, and you learn quickly. I mean, you don't need to read the docs. You know, you're gonna learn pretty fast how it works. And then after that, you're just sort of trying to figure out the your techniques. Where's the best place to put my dot? When should I jump? When should I just expand? And you're watching what the computer does, and the computer uh, has a its certain technique, which it works. Uh, but the first time I played this, I lost, but I actually won my second game. Uh, and I, so the computer's beatable, and it's a game that sort of will come down, for me anyway, I don't know about you, but for me, it almost always came down to the last couple moves. It's I never jumped out to like an insurmountable lead. And sometimes the computer would jump out to what I thought was an insurmountable lead, but I could usually crawl back in, you know, to make it closer. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a simple game. You're right. When you said this is the kind of thing you would give, like, when you bought Windows or something, like, a, 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 sort of like uh, 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 those games that come with Windows, you know, like Solitaire or whatever. It's a, it, You could easily, I could see this just being a little desktop distraction you would get to play in, in, in the stage that I played it in. But I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought the sound was good. I mean, the animation for what what's there, which is just basically a little blob moving around. But it, look, it worked. Everything was serviceable. I kind of dug it. It's not what I yeah. paid big money for. But I mean, I, I sort of enjoyed this boat in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this game actually has a pretty uh, pretty lengthy legacy. Okay. So uh, what happened was these guys, uh, Dave Krumak and Craig Galley, they, they programmed the original game, Infection. Uh, for whatever reason, they decided not to release it themselves, and instead they sold the rights to the Leland Corporation uh, in 1990, and this was actually produced as an arcade game called Attacks, A-T-A-X-X, -X, okay? okay? And uh, the, 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 same, uh, the same kind of conceit of the game is the same. The only difference is, is that uh, your turns are timed. And, of course, you can turn on the timer in the, uh, in the, arcade, or the, uh, in the home versions, too. But other than that, you have the same sort of board makeup. Now, I will say that uh, you can uh, make some variations of this game, 
by changing the the board coordinates that these are you can set up like a randomly selected board in fact you can actually see like the seed numbers of these boards and they'll basically put gaps in the board in different patterns to make the game more interesting so once you've kind of mastered the original where it's just an open empty grid you can add length to the game by by making the boards different uh, the game of course ends when uh, you've got the, the board is completely full and uh, you know it's either you've been completely eliminated or just your opponent has more more circles than you do. Um, this game also was licensed to the Seven Up Corporation and was released as Spot the video game. So it's uh, it's quite uh, interesting that we were talking about Spot uh, earlier in the show. Uh, when I first started playing Infection, I had a hard time with the mouse movement because. Uh, it, it seemed to me that you couldn't just like click where you wanted to go. Uh, instead, you kind of had to do this weird thing where you click and drag. And I don't know, I was getting weird sort of results. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'd read that Spot, the video game on the Nintendo was the same as, uh, as the same as Infection. So I kind of learned the rules by playing Spot. And I will say that playing Spot is a lot more fun than playing Infection because they've added, you know, interesting background music. In between moves, Spot animates in a cute way. Um, it's, it's just a, a better put together package. Uh, but when I returned to Infection and then I later played the Amiga Power cover disc, uh, they really made the game a lot more fun to play. I will uh, say they... I had no problems with the original in terms of movement. Okay. So okay. Um, they made the game a lot more fun to play. They 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 give you an opportunity to just like click on your thing, then click where you want to go, and you'll go. Now you can't make as many like the jumping mechanics seemed a little bit different. Like you can't jump as far. And I still was never quite sure about, you know, how the jumping mechanic was supposed to work ideally. But I know that there were definitely times where I could jump in the first version that I couldn't jump in the second version. The Amiga Power Cover Disc also came with a, uh, like a power-up, or not really a power-up, but like a wild card spot where you could jump on uh, one of four positions on the board and it would automatically turn all of the circles uh, in a vertical and horizontal line to your color. That would really, think, that really is a game changer, those things. Like, and you have to use them, you'd have to use those at the right time. I, I was right, right, this, because I, wow, this I was cool. like, man, I'm going to use all these right away and dominate. But that's not how it works. Yeah. Because then the computer, the computer just, it knows what to do and it kills you. But... I will say that this game is uh, is winnable. I also was able to win uh, in both versions that I played. Uh, I was never quite sure. Like, the, you really, I, my brain doesn't really work in this kind of a way. I always found like whatever move I made was the wrong move, and the computer would capitalize on it. But uh, it is an interesting kind of uh, setup. I never learned how to play Go which is, you know, your surrounding, you know, circle pieces with other pieces and stuff like that. And I, this may be like, you know, go for babies. Um, but I, I thought, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a quality puzzle game. Uh, one other thing uh, that I read was that uh, there is on the, uh, the CD that came with the seventh guest, uh, it was bundled with a, a game called the Microscope Puzzle, uh, which is just another version of Attacks. So this game has been in many different guises over the years. You know, I, I like the idea of a four-player version of this. I, I, this, to me, seems like it would be fun to play with the boy 
uh, to, as well. Like you could any age, I think, could play this because I think I, I wonder how much. I'm sure there's someone that could really lay in the strategy on this, but I think most people are going to just be like me and just try their best to try to go somewhere good. And those kind of games are always fun to play with, like, kids and stuff, because anyone can win, you know. Uh, and this, the the second version, this looks quite nice. I mean, they've uh, expanded on everything that was good from the first one. They've uh, cleaned it up a little bit. They've added the Energizers things, which that would make, that changes the strategy a lot. So, yeah, this looks good. Uh, this is probably the one to go after, I'd, I would wager boat. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree wholeheartedly. Did you, what did you uh, think? I mean, did, would you recommend this one? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a cool puzzle game. It plays great. You know, it, it looks fine. It's kind of fun to watch little blobs kind of blob out, you know, and cover yeah. the other things. The scoring system is easy to understand. Uh, there's music. So, uh, you know, yeah, this is a, it's, a, it's a quality puzzle game. And again, I'm going two for two on this uh, edition of Public Domainia. These are both games that could have easily, easily been released as commercial products. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, believe it or not, this one actually got some legitimate reviews. Uh, mm. uh, Amiga Format uh, reviewed this in November of 89, gave this an 83%. And The One reviewed it in October of 89 and gave it an 89%. So those are pretty good reviews. Uh, did we get any action on the Discord? We did, we did. Uh, Pajaco writes, I played the first game and didn't know what to do, and I won. <laughs> then I figured out the gameplay, and I'm thinking about it, and the computer keeps kicking my keister. The game does have that one more try quality, but if I'm honest, the jump move is a little too powerful and makes the game balance easily tipped. That said, for a PD game, the graphics and music are passable, and I could see myself playing this on my phone to while away a train journey or two. Good fun. Don't think about it too much, and you'll do fine. Seven out of ten. Uh, Jazz Dog, we welcome Jazz Dog with his first uh, review. He says, "If you enjoy tactical board games but have no friends, you might finally be in for a squad of luck." Not only does the Amiga have no sense of smell, it is more than willing to sit non-judgmentally with you all evening, challenging you to game after game. This game is likely best enjoyed as a hot seat experience, but the AI is more than capable of replacing any real-life friends you do not have. On the lower setting, the AI can be quite foolish and offer plenty of chances upon which to capitalize. Cranking the AI to level 6 presented an opponent I was not able to overcome, although I enjoyed the attempt. Stuck somewhere between chess and checkers, the tactical puzzle offered by Infection will hit a sweet spot for some. This is a fine game to enjoy along with your dinner for one. Seven diseased blobs out of ten. Oh, man. There you go. <laughs> we love you. We love you, Jazz Dog. You've That's got right. You've two friends, man. And finally, Pixels at Dawn writes, I really only played the Amiga Power cover disc version of this game back in the day, but I find I can appreciate both versions for different reasons now. The Amiga Power version has some quite obnoxious sound effects, and I probably prefer the capture rules of the original better than the clone. But the clone has a lot more variety of game modes and options and is better set up. Regardless, I really enjoy the gameplay of both. It is so easy to get yourself into a cascade of disaster, so strategy is super important. Not much variety, but definitely has as much worth some playtime, but definitely as much worth some playtime today as it was 25 years ago. Go for it. Seven out of ten. There you go. 
Very good. Yeah, I think like I think we got a couple a couple big dogs right there. I mean, mm-hmm. again, they, not without their shortcomings, boat, but uh, right. They were both, and I will say, uh, um, infection. It's something this simple shouldn't be this interesting to me. I mean, it really right. is dumb guy simple. So maybe that's the appeal. Uh, but uh, I, I did quite enjoy it, boat. All right, Aaron. Well, why don't we uh, leave our public domainia until the next round and talk about what's been going on in the community this week? You know, I feel obligated. You know, I, I was a little ill under the weather uh, boat last week, and my brother's basement flooded. Uh, and hmm. so, guess what? We that seems not... to be a regular occurrence. It, yeah. And so, we didn't record an ARG Presents this week. So, uh, we will be uh, recording on Sunday and releasing uh, the... Uh, uh, the uh, the uh, game of the week in this case it's same day release right uh, this this is gonna be a same day release and this one I think this week is coin op uh, rom swaps or rom hacks but uh, you know I thought you know hey I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest a a, a show from our archives and so if you're an ARG fan let me and I do this on behalf of Brent because I know he loves the action max so please if you haven't seen it yet. Go way, way back to uh, ARG Presents Volume 33, or Episode 33, where we tried out the Action Max. Action Is that the Max. one where you play Pops Ghostly? That's the one where we play Pops Ghostly. Uh, I, ha- I own an Action Max. I've got almost all the games for it, too, but I'm missing, like, one, I think. Uh, but uh, I had a lot of so much fun on this episode, mostly because I knew Brent hated it. So if you want to see... <laughs> also, you can go back and check out what it was like, when, uh, like way back, because it seems like... We filmed this a million years ago, so I just picked, you know, out, picked out one randomly there. A lot of people are begging for the Action Max at Boat Fest. A lot of people are well, begging for that. To they're make boned it because the Action Max doesn't work that good, Boat. It does not work well. I can tell you, they'd be they'd be begging for it until I had to drag out a VCR and a CRT, and then we tried to play this old ancient beatdown system on it. It did not age well. That's why I just enjoy enjoy the. Uh, uh, through me, myself and Brent vicariously as we give it a shot, Bode. So, All right. ARG presents, we will be back uh, this week. Uh, however, we did have some other uh, action this week, Bode. Uh, why don't you tell the people about a little thing we did called the BAM Atari ST Show? Yeah, yeah. So the Atari ST Show is back for, for big, big episode six. We did Space Racer. Which is a, you know, this is also in that sort of F-Zero vein where you're racing a futuristic hover car uh, around various tracks on different planets. Uh, Not the best game in the world. I'm just putting that out there right now. But there was some kind of neat stuff in there. And uh, it's worth a listen. This is one also that we broke our rule unintentionally. Space Racer did get an Amiga port. So if you're familiar with the Amiga version and want to know what the ST version was like, Check it out. It was a good time. The Atari ST show. Who broke that rule? We <laughs> I, all did. I, I, I never break any rule. It's my show. As as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> it was we did a great job. You know, I will <laughs> say for all those people out there that are like, oh, the ST, uh, guess what? The ST and the Amiga have a lot of things in common. And one of the things they have in common is putting out games that just barely miss the mark. And so yeah. if, if tune into this one, you can see what I'm talking about, Boat, because this yeah. one just barely missed the mark. Now I've been sick. You may not have heard this, but but I've been sick for the past couple of days. And I've so, heard something about that. So you think to yourself, man, I bet the Amigos stream team channel hasn't been getting any attention. Wrong! And there's one reason for that. It's a it's a man, a special man, that I call 
Mr. Rob Flack O'Hara. And he oh, has yeah. put out a couple uh, big-time winners this week, including one he forgot to post last week. Uh, first, Sprite Castle uh, that he uh, streamed last week that he's just put up a couple days ago. Uh, he plays basketball games. This was uh, in uh, line with the, uh, the NBA Finals. By the way, congratulations to the uh, Golden State Warriors. I want to mention this, Boat. You know, the Golden State Warriors were a league-wide league joke for decades. I mean, mm-hmm. and the Lakers were there, and so no one gave two craps about the Golden State Warriors. You know I'm right. And now, oh, yeah? Now yeah. there's Golden State Warriors. They're coming out of the woodwork. I'm seeing yeah. people and they, they, I mean, they've really, they've really... They really turned into America's team. I mean, they're like the Cowboys of the NBA. No. Everybody loves Steph Curry. Yeah, except know? they win. But the point yeah. of the matter well, is... Yeah, that, that is one difference. You're right about that. Don't come up to me with your I'm a Golden State Warriors crap because no one's a Golden State Warriors fan until the last couple of years because they were the <laughs> league joke. The right. league right. joke. So I want to get that out there, but congratulations to him anyway. And once again, my poor Celtics got got the uh, came up. At least short. they made it. They made it to the finals. Yeah. You know. uh, anyway, Flack comes in and gets a couple uh, games and includes some NBA Jam uh, on the uh, PlayStation, and then he switches over to to some of this uh, EA uh, NBA '97 of all things. It's a shame he didn't play the best uh, basketball game of all time, which is actually Pinball Adventure well, see, for the if you, 3DO. If you'll recall, that guy's career was shamelessly ended, and he had to go into <laughs> pinball, and he was horrible at that, too, I might add. So, but yeah, check that out. And then Flack double troubled it this week because, bam, I didn't get to see this one yet. This is games... On the GameCube, and I can't believe it, man. This is a, we don't get that much action on here. It looks like some Mortal Kombat. Oh. Uh, I looked at Flack's background. Did you see the work he did on his area back there? It's quite. No. It's like museum quality action. He posted a picture on Twitter, and it was off. It was off the charts. I mean, hit the the stuff in his his house is like a museum uh, right. of retro gaming and nostalgia. Lunch boxes, Star Wars figures, God knows what else he's got in there. But this time out, he decided to fire up the old GameCube. Looks like he's got Wii slash GameCube, so I'm assuming he's doing the old gimmick boat, mm-hmm. where you sort of mm-hmm. uh, do certain things to your to Nintendo Wii to get it to play. I've GameCube heard it can game. be done. Oh, it can be done, brother. And he's playing the god awful uh, 3D Mortal Kombat's, and I think we could both agree that those are crap, boat. No good. No any, good. Any thoughts on the 3D Mortal Kombat? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've only, I've had a very passing go with the the 3D Mortal Kombat, and uh, it should have stayed 2D. And they the what the, they realized this because they only make 2D Mortal Kombat's now. Yeah, and then it, it also looks like he had to go at Need for Speed Car, but I actually played this on the uh, on the GameCube. Now, I, you know, there's the, it, it's funny. I was looking at you know I'm an I'm I'm an Xbox Game Pass subscriber. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was looking through the list of games, and there's like a billion Need for Speed games. Yeah, because they're in the A. That's why. Right, right. And it's just like, I don't know which one to play. Give me one Need for Speed game so I know which one to do, not 20. So I didn't play any of them. I'm going to give you one, okay? All right. The original Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. That was a great game. It came out like, I don't know, it's a retro as, as hell. It's old school, right? Well, there, there's one. I'm looking at it right now. It's been remastered. Yeah, so I will play that one. There you go, remastered. I mean, you know what that means to me? That means the up the download went from like ten meg to like twenty thousand gig. 
That's why every, That's the one thing about having the, the Xbox Pass or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, time to sit around for at eight thousand hours. This downloads. I it drives right, me bananas. Right. Anyway, with all that said, uh, watch the Flax or play some. I guess more modern fare on here. It looks like he finishes up with some tennis. Now I can tell you right now, this looks like the Sega tennis game, uh, which is solid gold money. I love that game. So that looks like good stuff. I'll be watching this a little bit later. So check out Flack uh, on the Amigos Stream Team channel. What? You haven't subscribed to the Amigos Stream Team channel? Are you Are you a madman? There's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff coming out on there. And hopefully uh, this week I'll be introducing some of Happy Coding's coding seminars on their boat. Oh. And these are going to be awesome. The, you, the, Happy's been putting them out. He gave He gave me permission. I brought them on board here. So hopefully this week he's got a couple of them in the can. And now that I've got my, uh, I now feel good. They'll be going up, boat. That's all I got. Sounds good, man. All right, Aaron. Well, we did not have a Patreon song challenge last week. We did the Micro Machines challenge. Yeah. And I was just over, I I can't even remember. I think I was just over three minutes. It was something like that. Yeah. Three. We're gonna do that again another week. Yeah. We're gonna do that again another week. We're back. With the old school, Aaron, the old school Patreon you know, I'm just song recovering, challenge. Boat. I want to make that abundantly clear. <laughs> well, you better head back to the sick bed because I got a great song here that I'm gonna I'm gonna perform. Uh, once again, folks, you know if you enjoy Amigos and you would like to support the show, head on over to Patreon.com/slash/AmigosPodcast. You can become part of the song. You can become part of the Discord. You can become part of something It'd be like awesome. jazz dog too he just he that's just right in be your that's own right. jazz dog so if you know the name of this song please send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and i will announce you as a winner on next week's show if you're watching live first of all hello uh and second of all uh please email me don't put it in the chat keep it fun for everybody here we go Jazz Dog, Daniel, James, Miller, Otai, Bumface, Pooh, Hands, Chris, Edwards, Petzl, Alarm, Albert, Kemp. We like what we like. Mr. Chippy, the prize, Herman V, Wonderly Chism, Mark Richardson, David Hearn, Ram, okay, Ram, okay, David Terrace, Jude Carlos, uh, Matthew Mobius, Phantom Magnus, Seth Yates, Alistair Fiend, David Z, George Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabbs, your super famicking, Crazy Loomis, William Bitter Scar, uh, Heavy System. Bundy Frag, Lord, Mark Bilen, Olav, Hope, Alien Breeder, Dave, the Raptor Calvert Boy, Daniel Williams, Luke, Hudson Bomb, the Bass Frodo, Winnell, Soul Incisor Tech Mage, Jurgen Mr. Cola, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zork Club Reflection, Seven Best Captain Crispy, Kilobytes, and Caffeine Gary, Heather Freelance, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster Minator, 10 Minute Amiga Retro, Cast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Team Drew, Joseph Harrison, Kyle 
Bravo, Matthew, Larimore, Andy, Craig, Chantal, Buck, Big Rolling Buck, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Liv Killan, Alan Kebab, Chico Taylor, the Lord, uh, John Marshall, Matthew Perrone, Rick, Get a roast, your creep, dead boy, thingy, CTZ, the slow Norris, Seven Sogard, Mortensen, Evan, Helen, Christopher, Hassel, Chris Folds, Orange, Graham, Beb, Key, Adam, Badders, B, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary, Hucker, Paul, Harrington, Duncan Styles, Tate from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Daniel Bingston, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. Man, we gotta finish this up before the ambulance arrives. That was. <laughs> I swear to you, I don't know what song that could possibly be. I couldn't catch, I didn't catch any tune in that. All right, experimental jazz or something. What the hell? Well, it's it's sort of Spinal Tap Mark II. It's a jazz Odyssey. That's exactly how they feel. (laughs) All right. So, uh, also, you know, we can't, Aaron, forget about the fine, fine folks who watch us live every Friday evening at around five-ish, and subscribe subscribe to us on Twitch, our Twitch subscribers. So, we want to give a special shout out. And thank you to Da Crabs MTG, Darkwing Six Hundred Two, Steve Burt's Real Retro Dude, Milo Loves Chocolate, Wing Chun Wolf, Edvin Helland, Oil of Hope, Explorer, Back to Eight Bit with Hermsky, Rob O'Hara, Jigglebox, Retro Jerry, Happy Coding ZX, Imkron, Lamatsa, JabaSoft, Still Adolescing, Warped Metalhead, Retro Rewind.ca, Frodo NL, Forty Eight K Ram, Grizzla. Yolo Wookie, Mitsuyama, Data Ombre, Texas Foosball, Pixel Rages, Holy Guacamole, Blue Train, Luminate 08, Twilight Zoner, Christian Russell, Dan vs. Donuts, Amiga Live, MD4 Shoes, Amy Steph, John Marshall 3, Buck Owens, Crusader Bastard, Beach Bum 7, Blow Jellyfish, Butterbird, Paco Take, Eeyore 4077, and Mashpie. There you go. Well done, both. All right, Aaron. Next week, are we are going to be live yes. for the very first time from Boat Fest. What are we going to be playing? You know, before I present next week's game, all right, because I mean, it was just presented to me just earlier today. This wasn't a gimmick. This is random draw. Next week is our would be our usual retro episode where we go back and check out a game that we reviewed long ago in Boat. Second look. I'm, thank you. I didn't know the official gimmick name. But I'm very excited. I'm going to full cam. Here it is, everybody. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Bam. It's Lionheart. That's what he does, Boat. It's, it's Lionheart, y'all. Lionheart. I love it. Thank you, voters, for taking care of me. Look how mean he looks, Boat. He's going to bite you. It's going to be yeah. awesome. We're going to be reviewing this. What are the odds? Sweet, sweet, merciful Lord. Thank you so much. Because we're going to be reviewing Lionheart live in front of a studio audience next week at Boat Fest. And next week on the show, 
So I'm very, very excited, uh, Boat, for that. It's just icing on the cake, brother. And remember, if you are coming to Boat Fest, please prepare a, uh, a, uh, a, a review. We're going to bring some people up to the microphone to, uh, to, to give voice to their, their thoughts on Lionheart. I think his name is Mr. Hart. First name Lion, second name Hart. Yeah, you better call him and Mr. You don't want him he's part him. of the Hart Foundation. I don't That's know if you right. knew that or not. Jimmy Hart's his manager. <laughs> so uh, we will see you all next week live from Boat Fest in lovely be awesome. downtown Hurricane, West Virginia, with a crowd, a crowd of dozens. It's going to be out of the out of this field and off the off the moon and under the charts. Boat, you are all a natural pitch man. <laughs> out of the field and off. The, it's going to be awesome. Just say it, awesome. It's going to be fun. It's we'll see everyone great. there. And if you can't, be all right, there, guys. We'll see we'll you see then. You Until then. Adios. Adios.